Steven, I have a really important and personal question for you. I'm scared. I can't tell whether you're serious or not. So we're friends, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been friends for like, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. I think um, 13. No, since 2001 or two. I thought it was three. No, because I moved in 2002 and you were at my house closing okay. party. 14. I had a party of going broke and you were there reporting on it. And... Uh, uh, I think it's very hard over the over a certain age to develop friendships. Like people get married, they have kids, they kind of they don't go out like and say, "Hey, meet me today at this cafe and let's hang out." Like we get people get busy for job, kids, family, and so many other things. So, it's, do you agree? You think it's hard to get to make friends over the a certain age? Um, yes. This is I not mean, the question. But what you've it. described, I would agree with. On the other hand, I would argue that um, like how often do you make new friends now, as opposed to when you were like nineteen years old. So it's funny. I, I do think about this a lot because I've never been a real friend collector. Um, and neither have I. Like I, I do have some friends, or maybe they're not really friends, but I do know some people that just like have a lot of friends, like a big network of friends, and they keep in touch and they do stuff. And and I've never been yeah, like much of that. And let me ask you a question. Like, like, yeah, there, there people, are a lot of questions here considering pe- we're not even up to the question yet. Right. People who work together sometimes take vacations together. I never got that. Oh, yeah. I could see, I could see that because I, guess I would feel I could easily have a lot in common with the the people that I work with. But um, so I guess I think, A, um, if friendship is an expression of or even a signaling of intimacy, I've never been a particularly intimate. I'm not an over-intimate person, right? So that's one thing for me that's kept me from from being friends with lots and lots of people. The other and thing And you don't is, feel like your life's missing out from that like, oh, on a Friday night if your family's out of town, you just assume stay home and and read as I mean, opposed to going out. I mean, the fact is I friends. would rather stay home. That's the that's the thing. I right. mean, I have there are a lot of people I like, but there aren't that many people I want to spend a lot of time with, and I really like spending time on my own and with my family. So I guess I'm expressing my preferences. On the other hand, it could be that I'm retrofitting what I think are my expressed preferences onto my actual revealed preferences uh, because I'm not able for some reason to uh, express a different preference that I might prefer. Maybe you know, I'd, I'd maybe I'd love to be one of those people that has a hundred friends and I'm always doing stuff with them. But here's the other part I was going to say about that. You know, it makes sense you have a lot of friends in that period in your life, you know, from whatever, youth until first serious career, whatever, because that's when you're kind of building your network. And I don't mean network in a business way. I mean, like, building your life of the people that you're going to be associated with, whether for pleasure or profit or whatever, for for many, many years. And then, yeah, family life is definitely a a different chapter. All that, so, so I think there's a reason why you do a lot of friending then. That said... I've made pretty good friends or gotten created uh, or been involved in some really nice friendships in the last like five or six years that feel really different because when you're older, there's so much that's kind of um, you've already re- you've already decided, you know, like this is what I am, this is what I like, this is what I know, this is what I do, this is what I don't do, this is what I'm good at, this is what I'm bad at. And it's not like that. Um, auditioning phase. It's more like, hey, 
you and I, like, either we have a lot in common or maybe we have nothing in common, but there's a complementary nature there. And I actually find it um, a really nice, gratifying thing now to make friends, and I kind of enjoy it more now than I ever did before. I always felt like when you're younger— you're kind of, and maybe this is just me and I was a little paranoid, you're always just feeling like there's some kind of quid pro quo-y mm. stuff. And now I don't feel like that. Um, I, guess. I feel like friendships are kind of more like transparent. But uh, this is just me making stuff up. I don't know. It could also It could also be I'm different. could be the times are different. Uh, I don't know. Well, no, I think I think just as people get older, it's harder to be, to, to, to make new friends just because of, there's responsibilities out there, and I don't know, there's less time to take but advantage I, of that. Yeah, but I guess I'm saying I disagree with that because I feel like maybe it's those responsibilities are a strong signaling mechanism. Like, if I'm a person who lives in a certain place, and I have a certain kind of life, I have a this kind of job or career, I have this kind of family or no family, whatever, I have these kind of hobbies or activities or political or social affiliations or inclinations, those are pretty strong signals of what I am, what I care about, what I don't care about. And maybe, you know, this is one function of social media that's often kind of overlooked. One thing that's great about it is you can publicly declare your signals in a way that's both subtle and direct in a way that you really couldn't before. And also you could keep in touch with a wider range of friends through social media in a very soft way. There's it's a true. soft touch way. I don't do that. No, you don't because you're not, you're not on Facebook. But this brings me to my question. So... I, many years ago, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, I went to your 50th birthday party oh. and, <laughs> and, um, and it was fun. I had a lot of fun there. Um, but let me ask you a question. Why wasn't I invited to your kids bar mitzvahs? We're friends, right? Oh, interesting. Question of the day will return in a minute. Thanks. Today's question of the day is sponsored by Wealthfront, an automated investment service that invests your money for you in low-cost, diversified, long-term investment portfolios. Their goal is to use their smarter technology to make it easier for anyone to get access to a sophisticated, diversified, long-term investment portfolio without the high fees and account minimums of traditional investing services. Historically, you needed to invest at least $1 million in order to get the attention of a quality financial advisor or wealth management professional. And then you had to pay at least 1% per year more in management fees. Wealthfront automates investment strategies that the ultra-wealthy already have access to and deliver them directly to investors at an incredibly low cost. Wealthfront charges no commissions and is free for accounts under $10,000. For accounts larger than $10,000, their management fee is only 0.25% per year. But if you sign up using our promo code QUESTION, they'll raise that threshold to $15,000. Wealthfront also offers direct integrations through their interface with modern money management tools such as Venmo, Redfin, and Coinbase, as well as your bank accounts and other brokerage accounts you may already have with another company. If you're looking for an SEC-registered investment advisor that's more cost-effective than traditional money managers, you should definitely go to Wealthfront.com and let their team help you answer the question, is my portfolio invested the right way? And remember, right now, if you decide to open an account with Wealthfront by going to Wealthfront.com slash question, they will manage the first $15,000 in your account for free. So we invited almost no family friends to bar mitzvahs. Um, that, ma that makes sense. But, because, I, but, but I was wondering. Uh, so the answer is very simple, which is that we did not see our kids' bar and bat mitzvahs as uh, an occasion for us, the parents. 
Although many people do that for their kids' bar and bat mitzvahs, and I know many people do that for their kids' weddings, which is I'm going to invite my friends and my business partners. We basically just wanted it to be like we wanted the kids to have it be, you know, the people that they were friendly with. So, like, it was family and some of their friends and maybe those a couple of those friends' parents. Also, we just did them relatively small. So uh, just think how much fun we could. But now have had. I feel terrible. Think, have you really felt like you were excluded from that and felt bad about it? Did I mean, really I, feel... it's not like I go crying into bed every night. Because like... I have to say, I have some very close friends, uh, some other very close friends like you, who were not invited, and I didn't even, I didn't even like say much to them about it, just because. Uh... But no, that was a choice. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I own that choice entirely. I'm not going to feel right. guilty about it, even for you. No, it makes it makes sense. I mean, I, I in retro, in like if I'm thinking about it, I probably, I mean, my kids didn't get bar mitzvah or anything. But uh, would you have invited me to your kids' bat mitzvahs? I don't. Th- I think. I think I'm so against any kind of party that. I don't you're think so I would, invited, you're so against any kind of party that you're pissed off that I didn't invite you to my party. Well, I like to make sure it's it's, it's the FOMO, did you think fear you of did missing out. Did you think you did something at my 50th uh, birthday party that May- excluded you from the list? Maybe. I, I, I didn't know. I was like, I will tell you, if happened? it's any consolation, probably nobody from that party was at my kid's bar and bat mitzvah. Very if that makes you feel any better about the FOMO factor. So what, what do you think is the optimum? Like, I feel I have, like, four or five close friends in life. I, feel I thought like, you were going to say, I have four or five good parties left in me. <laughs> I got to No, I, pro- I probably have three good parties left in me. <laughs> and I have four or five uh, close friends. And I used to think I wanted to have more, but I realized it's, like, hard work. Like, I'd rather... So much work. I, I'd rather write uh, in most cases. But I do really enjoy spending time with the friends that I have. You know, this is why you should take up golf. Yeah. Because golf friendships are some of my very favorite friendships. But but like my golf score just realistically is a 142. So on 18 holes. Well, you know what you know what the good news is there? Your learning curve would be zoom. You Like could, how fast can I get to 100? I bet I could get you to 100 within a year if you worked at it a little bit. Working on it. I'm lazy as we've determined well, in another podcast. Well, that is uh that is a bit you'd have to work at it a little bit. Uh and look the, you know, what we talk a lot pong? about talent, and you're pretty good at ping pong, right? Yeah, let's play ping pong. I'll well, play we, ping pong we, with we you. We play backgammon, though. But here's the thing. Well, backgammon actually is very similar to golf in that when you're in the game with the person, it's the kind of activity that is a very special kind of bondy friendship thing. And then when it's over, it's like it's one of those activities that you can do that's both an activity and there's a kind of intimacy about it. So I have some golf friends who I feel very, very, very close with when I'm playing with them, but then I never, like, call them or write them or do anything with them, never. And they don't to me either, and nobody feels bad about it at all. But then when we go play together, it's like being with, like, a really close friend. And I I love that about golf, actually. Well, you bring up another question, which is I think just the relationship with the phone and friendship has also changed in the past 10, 20 years. Like, I hardly ever call anybody up and say, hey, how's it going? Like, do you ever do that? I, I, there's like, some, I, I don't know, like, like maybe in the past year, once you called me. I just, called you because I was outside your apartment. Well, that was, uh, yeah, so that was a few weeks ago. But I think once out of concern. I call, when you don't answer, like, nine emails, then I'll call. Right, so so that might have happened once in this past year. Yeah, I think so. So, so, so you call to see how's it going. But in general, like, I don't really talk to anybody on the phone. There is a small group of people 
friends and family that I'll call once in a while to kind of check in on. Um, not saying that they're like, you know, in mental hospitals or in danger or whatever, but um, that I just kind of want to, you know, hear the voice, but I'm not a big phone talker. All right, so wait, James, what was what was your question of the day? Um, why you didn't invite me? Why be your friend? Why you didn't invite me to your kids' bar mitzvah? All right, let me ask you a question. You know, seeing your kids go f- into adulthood would have been uh, meaningful to me. I've seen them since they were babies. Well, I appreciate your effort to make me feel guilty, but I feel <laughs> pretty confident that I have no need to feel guilt. Um, but I will tell you this: I really do appreciate the feedback in the form of the question because. You know, it is one of the things that I kind of dislike most about life, which is the arenas in which you really want or need good feedback can be the arenas in which it's really hard to get it. Um, so you imagine that, you know, picture yourself, you know, 22 years old again, writing novels, right? That's what you were doing at 22. Yeah. Like, what you really needed was someone or a group of people to, like, read the stuff and say, you know, James. This is horrible. Or whatever, you know. <laughs> But it's very, very hard to get that because the things that we often most care about, because we care about them so much, the people who are around us, they know we care about them, and therefore they're extra, extra careful to not go there or say that. So, like, I think you're the only friend of mine who said, hey, why wasn't I invited? So it's actually valuable feedback to have. The flip side is a lot of times I get invited to things I don't want to go to, and I, for whatever reason, this is a personal flaw, I'll say yes, and then... Later on, at the last minute, I'll say no, and I've created a lot of bad blood that way and lost friends. So I don't know. It's a I think we can kill two birds me. with one stone here. How about this? Let's next, let's kill those birds. Next time you're invited to something that you don't want to go to, but you feel pressured to, you just say, "Oh gosh, I'd love to, but I have to go to Dubner's kids' bar mitzvah." Love it. Different day, same question-based podcast. What do we solve next time? Stay tuned. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Aukerman of Comedy Bang Bang. I want to tell you that Now Hear This is a brand new podcast festival that's happening this fall. Get ready for a weekend of live performances and opportunities to meet your favorite podcasters. Now Hear This will feature podcasting titans like me, Scott Aukerman, doing Comedy Bang Bang Live in addition to How Did This Get Made, WTF with Mark Marin, with special guest Lauren Lapkus, Brilliant Idiots, and more being announced all the time, including plenty more Earwolf and non-Earwolf favorites. It's all happening in Anaheim, California, October 28th through the 30th. You'll get Halloween off. Don't worry. Buy your tickets now and get all the details at nowhearthisfest.com. On the next question of the day, James, how do you say goodbye? It's the question I want to ask you. It's, It's really hard. Usually what I do is I sell my house and move out and disappear. If I disappear for a good six months. (laughs) In other words, you say goodbye by not saying goodbye. Correct. I'm with you there because I hate goodbyes. In fact, to me, the saddest smell in the world is an extinguished candle. 